This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast by two best friends dissecting slasher movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. I am here with my co-host. What? I, I always forget what name you go by. Bass. Oh, B-Bass. Sorry, she got married, and so she, like, she picks and chooses what name she wants to go by. Still still keeping my maiden name as B-Bass for now publicly. We'll, we'll see. No one will ever know her other last name. <laughs> it is a mystery. Oh, God. Um, so we are Keep Screaming. We, uh, if you haven't listened to the show before, we are basically just, like I said, uh, going one by one through slashers and kind of going through, uh, we have a list of criteria that we kind of look at and, you know, we're just breaking them down. That's our favorite genre. So we look at, uh, we pick a movie, um, we pick them, we do it bi-weekly and then, uh, I wanted to do this at the top of the show since not everyone always listens to the end. You can find us online at Keep Screaming, um, at Keep Screaming Cast on no, no. It's at Keep Screaming on Twitter. I don't no. know any of my. He stuff. doesn't know anything. So keepscreaming.com is where you can find our website. Right. At Screaming Cast. Thank you. Is us on Twitter. I made it too. I made yeah. the damn Twitter. I can't remember. I have too many. Um, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too much going on. Uh, but yeah, you get, and then if you go to keepscreaming.com, you can find uh, breakdowns of the episode, but you can also find prints that B makes of every single episode because she is an awesome graphic designer. So you can find those and purchase them for the uh, very tidy price of $9.99. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of upload all that stuff up front. You can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and we are working on getting on Google Play and Stitcher as well so that you can listen um, on any device that you have. And yeah, if you don't have an iPhone, you can listen to the episodes on our website. Um, so they go up the same day as well. So if you keep screaming, you go to listen. You can listen to the pos- uh, podcast online. You can download the episodes too. So until we work that out on Android, we know a couple people who are listening that way. So Yeah. So we before we go into the movie, which this week we... We are just past Thanksgiving, so we are looking at the quote-unquote Thanksgiving slasher Blood Rage. But before we dive into the movie, we do like to do like kind of a pop culture check-in and talk about what we've done in the last two weeks as far as all pop culture goes. So you guys can kind of just know who we are as people and like what our sensibilities are outside of the slasher genre. Um, I've definitely seen less than B has. She has been watching things like crazy, so I'll just tick off what I've seen real quick. I went and saw Justice League last night, uh, which... Kind of hurts my nerd heart that it took so long to see. I used, there, there was a point in time where if it was a superhero movie, I was there Thursday night at midnight, which, God, I don't know. Maybe some of you don't even know that like that used to be a thing, going to the movies on Thursday night and waiting until midnight. Until you could oh, see the movie. it's not a thing anymore, huh? It's no, like 9 yeah, p.m. Yeah, it's like 9 p.m. now. Yeah, but I mean, you used to sit out. Yeah. I mean, a lot of you do know, but in case you never did that, like maybe you weren't going to the movies you know, like at that time, but... Definitely sitting outside of a theater for hours waiting for a movie. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Definitely did it with like Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. 
Um, Twilight. The, the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, Twilight. Um, but we don't do that anymore. But there was definitely a point in time where I was doing that for every superhero movie. And then, of course, once it moved to like 9 o'clock, I'd be there opening night. Uh, I'm like a week past on Justice League. Just didn't have the drive, I guess, to go see it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Wonder Woman's great. Aquaman is great. I really enjoyed The Flash. Yeah, all the stuff you read about how crappy the villain is is true. He's super generic and bland and, like, they overuse the CG, but it doesn't stop the movie from being fun. So, I I mean, I think if you go in with the lower expectations that I had, I, I just went in going, this isn't going to be the Avengers. And I ended up having fun with it. Uh, so I definitely saw Justice League. I finally finished Stranger Things too. As you guys can tell, I'm a little behind on things. I think that dropped in like October. It dropped Halloween weekend, which yeah. I get, but also no. Like yeah, I wasn't so busy. watching TV. I was upset because I was like, well, I can't watch Stranger Things. Well, I'm anything, busy. Also, like Stranger Things knows its audience. It also probably should know that anyone who's like the diehards are horror fans. So Halloween weekend's a big weekend. I know a lot of people who did, of course, binge watch it because, you know, nine episodes, you can do it in a day if you have the day off. Uh, I took until now because I really wanted to enjoy every single bit of it, and I truly did. I love I loved the season. I had no complaints about episode seven, if that's what you guys are wondering. I'm sure someone out there is wondering if, you know, oh, did he hate episode seven like everyone else? I didn't. He did. I, I didn't say I hated it. I said I disliked the sister stuff. And it, I don't enjoy urban, urban horror. horror. Yeah. And that's what that episode was. So, no thank you. Yeah, it's the Jason Takes Manhattan of Stranger Things. Which has its merits. Mm, it, no. It, 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 can, it can be fun. It can be fun. Jason uh, Takes Manhattan takes place on a boat. Not well, in Manhattan. Yeah, there's like 20 minutes in Manhattan. That's Where they true. box on a roof for the whole 20 oh, minutes. I love that scene. It's like great when he punches the guy's head clean off. Yeah. We will talk about that movie one day, too. It's definitely going to be something that we do. But, yeah, so finally finished Stranger Things, which I had a blast with. absolutely love it. Already waiting for, like, season three. I know it's going to be, like, another two years probably. But, um, yeah, definitely love Stranger Things. And then I watched uh, Slumber Party Massacre, which I had never seen. Um, B actually wrote a piece for Ghastly Grinning, which is my website that I run um, on the anniversary of Slumber Party Massacre. And it made me want to watch it finally because I had never seen it. I'd always been interested. I just had never set aside the time. But her piece finally uh, kicked me over into finally seeing it. And I really enjoyed it. It's super tonally different than most 80s slasher movies if you haven't seen it yet. It's smart how the director is like, yeah, we're going to kind of trick everyone into watching this by making sure there's still a lot of nudity. But kind of like subvert um, how the male-female dynamic usually worked in 80s slasher movies. Um, so if you haven't watched it, it's on Amazon Prime, which is also where Blood Rage is, so you can head over there and, uh, go ahead and have yourself a slasher craze. It's really good. I mean, it's one of my all-time favorites. It's, we formatted, like, some top 25 lists earlier this year. We were encouraged by the Shockwaves podcast to name our, like, top 25 movies, and Summer Party Massacre definitely makes mine. It's one of my all-time favorites, so please watch it. It's definitely something I'll revisit, and I want to watch the very um, strange-sounding sequel, the part two. Not necessarily part three, but part two. And I'd, I, um, the, the, the drill bit is an interesting um, uh, murdering tool. Uh, so that was it for me. I've been very busy. I mean, working on the podcast, obviously, with Viva. I did launch, as you guys know, if you listened to the last episode, and if you didn't, um, I launched my own uh, horror media website called GhastlyGrinning.com. 
Uh, so I'm, I've been figuring all of that out. Haven't had too much time between that and my actual job that I use to pay bills to watch as much as I usually do. So yeah, uh, B, what do you watch? Or um, eat or do or whatever. I mean, I watched one million things, but I will not talk about all those things. Um, I will just say that I've realized that because I was in I was in like a really intensive two year graphic design program for the last two years. I just graduated in May, and it gave me literally like two weeks in the winter and summer to watch things, and then otherwise I couldn't. I couldn't watch anything that I actually had to watch or pay attention to. I could have things on in the background even then. So I like have this like black hole of I'm such a huge like movie and TV lover and I didn't get to participate in any of that. And like I love design, but I like missed that other passion of mine. So I've just been watching like an insane amount of things now that I have more time. Yeah, and all the time she did have had to go to Pretty Little Liars because that show also requires you to keep your eyes on the screen the entire time so she, um she thanks for ratting me out yeah. yes i did keep up with pretty little liars yes. uh well, the whole time i'm not gonna not mention that um well whatever i don't regret that I, you can't get behind on, i'm sorry i'm gonna mm-hmm. divulge you can't get behind on pretty little liars if you're gonna watch that show you have to watch it live if you're going to watch that show just watch the first two seasons and read about the rest because you don't need to watch the rest of it because <sighs> it's awful Ryan's wife, uh, Ashley, is a big fan of the show, and she's, like, the only one I knew who was still watching at the time. Because it just – if those of you who don't know and feel like you've heard about this show forever, you have. Yeah, it it came like on years. It came on, like, the week of my last week of high school. So that was 2010, and it literally just ended, like, this year. So it's been on the whole time. I've watched every single episode live. Uh, she came over for the finale and Ryan's like texting us the whole time, like, oh, what's happening? And was really upset when we told him what happened. He's like, so glad I don't watch that garbage show anymore. Yeah. It's like if you jumped a shark and then, no, if you jumped a hundred sharks and then all those sharks ate each other and then there's one last giant shark and then you jump that, that's the end of that show. Yeah. It's, I don't regret one second of it. Oh my God. So why was like I'm gonna rewatch it. I was like, oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. Why? I feel I feel it. Com- the final episode or just start over. She didn't start over. Yeah, right? she's gonna start over. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I have her let me know. I'll start over with her. Anywho, I did not watch any Pretty Little Liars the last two weeks. Um, I did watch a bunch of other stuff. Um, like I said, I'll just talk about a couple of them, like some of my highlights. Um, so I did watch um, Carrie to the Rage. Wow. Uh huh. And. Oh, the rage. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really bad. I don't. Oh. Don't have really anything positive to say about it. I was so bored. So bored. I was watching it with my friend Lo. We like went to a show and came home and we turned it on. She's a huge Carrie fan. She loves one of her favorite novels. She loves the original. Um, she likes the remake. She's a big fan in general. She'd never seen it. She likes the remake? Yeah. Oh. I like the remake. It's super vanilla. It, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. nothing I'm going to like. It's very poorly written. Yeah. And it's... what's his face is in it, right? Ansel Hagel. Oh, that's... We were yeah. just talking about Chloe oh, Grace yeah. Moretz. I don't like her in it. Also, it's like really poorly written because... I, I love will, Julianne Moore. I will never forget... Is his name Ansel Aglehort? Is that his real name? Sure. Something like that. It's something the like that. guy from Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. He's like the main dude in it. Is he? Yeah. Oh, is that pre-Fault in Our Stars? Yeah. Oh. And there's a part where he like come, oh, I'll never forget that. I'm sitting in the theater watching this movie and I was like, who wrote this? Like, he literally could have just taken the script from the original. But he comes in and he's like, hey, 
I was looking for you, and some people said you'd be in the library, so I came to the library to find you, and here you are in the library. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, Sounds like a line out of Blood Rage. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> uh, no, not a fan of that movie at all. Uh... Yeah, it's fine. It's better than Carrie 2, The Rage. But do you know what's better than both those movies? Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou. Ah, yes. So that's why I really watched Carrie 2, because I heard all the talk that um, Hello, Mary Lou went on Amazon Prime, and that it was really should be kind of like a Carrie sequel. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. It's like way better than it should be. And it only has the Prom Night title to draw people in. To draw people in has nothing to do with it. Complete separate story. It is, and I felt like really proud of myself because I am in no way a horror expert whatsoever. I'm not a film critic. I am just an appreciator and I enjoy talking about it. And I was talking, I watched it with my friend Lowe again. I was talking to her about it and I was like, man, this is so weird. It's giving me such like nightmare vibes, but also like kind of like, the Exorcist, and sure enough, I like pull it up, and those are like two of the things that were mentioned. I'm like, oh yeah, nailed it. yeah, nailed it. But it is, it's, and I think part of the reason why I did really love it is because I got like serious Nightmare on Elm. There's like dream sequences, and they're super cool, and it was just really fun. Um, really enjoyed it. Another one, like Amazon Prime's killing it. Like I never is it a slasher. It's not right. No, no. But the first one totally is. Yeah. Like, the first one's probably something more. Like a supernatural. The first one? Oh, Prom Night, yes. See, yeah. then I'm thinking oh. about Carrie. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, yeah. no. No, it's not a slasher. Okay, but Prom Night 2 is not, but Prom Night 1 is. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. No, Prom Night 2 is literally Carrie. Right, she it's has, a, like, telekinetic yeah. powers. Yeah. Yeah, she, like... I've never seen it. She's a ghost her, that, like, really comes back there's, and, like, possesses a girl. There's, like, a third one, too. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, she's killing people, but because she's possessed by a spirit. We'll definitely have to do, I think it'd be fun one day to do like a boat, not bonus, but like a double sized episode where we, we do like prom night and the remake. Oh, where we t- tackle we'll both. both. Yeah. Like back to back. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. I, I know we haven't really talked sure. about how we're going to handle remakes? remakes yet. Well, it's something for us to figure out. That's true. We haven't done it yet. Yeah. We'll find out. So we love, we're, Brian and I are partial to remakes. We're, yeah. We really enjoy them. I very well. rarely have seen a remake that I think is better than the original, say for Friday the 13th, the 2009 version, which we've discussed on the show before. But I do usually, I'm much more like kind to them than a lot of horror fans normally oh, are. Because yeah. a lot of horror fans just do not like remakes. It's not a big thing that's like very well received in the horror community as a whole. But just like all things film-wise, I think they, they age better with time. So we'll see, we'll see where like people stand in like 10 years. Yeah, it's an interesting interesting thing to think about where they stand away from yeah. their originals. Um, so that was great. Super highlight. Just ignore the rage and just pay attention to Hello, Mary Lou. Um, I watched this like little indie slasher called Dead Body. Um Oh, I saw you post about that. Yeah, so the poster art is what attracted me. Super good. Very well designed. I'm like, ooh, what's this? And I read the synopsis. And it's like, had like a little, oh, teenagers, like graduates about to go to college. And they're at a cabin. And they start, they play a board game. Well, and they all start dying. Like. And I'm like, ooh, it was very good little indie movie. Great score. Good good acting. Also on Amazon? 
also on Amazon Prime. Um, it's called Dead Body. It's by um, a female director, which is really cool. Love supporting and seeing that um, seems to be popping up a lot more. Um, yeah. Her name is Bobbin Ramsey. Um, I mean, great, beautiful, like really well shot for an indie film. Like, like super noseball. I was like, man, all these shots are like it was this really. Year? Right? Or last year? It's newer. 2015. Newer. Okay. It like hit the festival scene, I think, in 2015. Gotcha. But it's called Dead Body. Super enjoyable slasher. Um, definitely check it out. Um, oh, I literally think everything I watched was on Amazon Prime. I watched The Big Six because it hit Amazon Prime. I mean, everything oh, everybody yeah. has I, said I, I about The, the Big, Big Six. Too, actually. Yeah, I forgot. I watched that. So good. It's so good. So like, good. I can't really say anything about it that hasn't already been said. It's exceptional. It's... A beautiful story, so well acted, so genuine. Really funny, really heartfelt. So funny. Like, I'm not a Ray Romano fan. Love the No, not. Uh, Holly Hunter was great. So uh, good. Kumail Nanjiani. Like, I really, him and Aziz both have done such a wonderful job at representing their culture in American society. And it's such a different story than I've ever seen. Like, it's something that you don't think about until you're presented with it. And I just... I, it, it, it was cool actually one of my co-workers is from Pakistan so I watched it and I went and I asked her if she'd seen it and she had because she was very excited that someone from Pakistan had you know made a movie and that it dealt very much with like coming to America after living in Pakistan because she lived there until she was 13 um, and I asked her you know like how you know how much of this like translates and, and she was saying it's very very like very similar to her experience so it's just cool to know that like that Someone like my coworker who, you know, lived, is an immigrant and lived there until she was 13 has this movie that is an American, you know, he grew up in Pakistan as well, but like he's, he's an American citizen now and she's being represented in, in American culture that way, which is really awesome. And like, I mean, that movie's going to be easily an Oscar nom, like easily. So, and it deserves it. Yeah, it's so good, so heartfelt without being, and you know, based on his life and a true story, which can often like be so like... It's another thing Ryan and I were talking about before we started recording, like, tissue box moments is what they call them, where it's literally, like, they just make something to pull at your heartstrings, and this film never does that. It's Mm -hmm. just so genuine. And, yeah, like Ryan was saying, it's really great for, you know, people who have similar experiences to be able to relate to this film, but it's also for people who can't relate, who want to understand something better. And I watch it with my husband, and he made a comment, because there's a line in the film where he's you know, talking to his parents and he's like, why did you bring me to America if you didn't want me to live an American life? And it's just so, and Ben, like my husband turned to me and he's like, I've always like thought about that. Like I've always like wondered about that people who come here, but then hold on to their culture from the country they left. And it's a hard thing for us to understand. And we're, you know, him and I were both born here and we're both Americans. And so it's so interesting to even be approached with that idea when we maybe have never talked to somebody about it or had that experience ourselves. So just fantastic. Please watch it. Um, yeah. Watch it with everybody. Watch it with your whole family. Like, it's so good. It's, yeah. Um, I Another thing I watch with my husband. So my big gap in sort of movies is like action pre-2000s. <laughs> Like, I just haven't seen any of the classics. I was raised by a single mom who loved movies, and we spent most of our weekends, like, doing the 5 or $5, but never did that include action films. 
Um, and I would venture over there because I always had an interest in like the superhero films and stuff like that. But rarely did I watch an action film. So I watched Rambo for the first time, which is one of my husband's favorite movies. Um, first Blood. Oh. Not Rambo. First oh, Blood. my bad. Because Rambo is its own movie. But isn't First Blood the first movie? Yeah. Oh. It's not called Rambo. Oh. It's oh. just the Rambo series. Okay, here we go. Here's yeah, my lack I'm, of I'm knowledge. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, because there is a movie, a standalone movie, just like the Rocky movies, how there's a, a Rocky Balboa movie, like that's the title of the movie, and the rest are called Rocky. Oh. Rambo has a movie called Rambo that came out in like the late 2000s. Um, and So this one's called First Blood or it's called Rambo First Blood? I think it's just called First Blood. Oh. Okay, so I watched First Blood. And um, yeah, it was a movie. It was It was fine. Yeah, it's not my favorite action movie. It's called First Light. Yeah, uh, yeah. 1982. Uh, it's not my favorite either, uh, personally. I think Sylvester Stallone's an extremely talented. Yeah, I mean, he um, directed yeah. Rocky, which is great. I, yeah. I, I like Sylvester Stallone as a lot yeah. as an action hero. Uh, I just, First Blood's not like, it's not my favorite, but I, yeah. like, I'd rather watch Predator because it's a similar kind of vibe, but I've seen a it. giant murdering alien. Yeah, and I'm a big Arnold fan too. But I mean, I like Sylvester Stallone yeah. a lot too. It's weird that he gets lumped in a lot with like the action guys though, because First Blood. It's like a drama with well, action and, sequences. And like Rocky's not an action movie at all. I but, really like, like Rocky. Oh yeah, I've Ro- only Rocky's seen great. the first one, and then I've seen the newest one, Creed. maybe. Seen no, Creed. I've seen Creed, but then I've seen the other one that's actually like a Rocky movie. Yeah. With, um, anywho, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Sylvester Stallone gets lumped in with a lot of those action stars because of First Blood. Because he's actually in a lot of, like, not action movies. But, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm filling in the gaps. I'm always there to... He's definitely in the pantheon of action heroes. Yeah. So that's for sure. And it's always nice to, like, watch I- kind of iconic films like this. So, like, I... I don't know if I really want to admit or say this, but I watched Star Wars for the first time, like, last year. Like, the whole series. I'd only seen, like, the prequels. Ugh. I know. So that's what I get from everybody. And then as soon as I finished watching them, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Like, not super my thing, but I didn't hate them. They were good films. But you just understand so many more things when you watch these, like, iconic movies. And I think that's really my motivation to watch these action films. First of all, it's definitely like Predator needs to be on that. I own it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, actually, we watched Star Wars for the first time last year, too. If any of you tweet at me and try to tell me, like, that the prequels have their own merit... I don't want to fucking hear it. Also, uh, I want before we dive into Blood Rage, someone did tweet at us and let me know because back on the first episode, uh, we had I I talked about how New Hampshire probably wasn't a big party school. Like I'm like, what are people doing in New Hampshire? And someone tweeted at us today, and I did tell them that I would mention them on the show. So I'm going to make sure that I follow through on my promise. Uh, so at Classic Material, thank you for letting me know that New Hampshire is in fact a large party state. And that you guys are uh, keeping it, uh, keeping the party going until like 2, 3 a.m. So thank you for that. Just wanted to get that out of the way before we dive into the episode. Yeah, now now we know that yeah. the, the fictional town in New Hampshire that urban legend takes place is in fact a party town. Yes. They it just is. didn't know in that movie. Look at yeah. that. Now you and now you guys know too. Yeah. It's it's an educational podcast. <laughs> so much education. Um 
Yeah, so like Ryan said, we just finished Thanksgiving. Because we take two weeks, um, we have like big gaps. We're probably only going to end up having one Christmas episode. So I do have like two Christmas things to talk about and we'll get into Blood Rage. Um, I did a double, my really haven't done a lot of double features before, like intentionally. And I did this one on accident and then realized like, oh, I need to tell people to do this. I watched Gremlins Mm -hmm. and then I watched Krampus. Oh, and it was such a good double that's feature. A good idea. Yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I, I love both movies individually. I hadn't seen Krampus. Um, oh, you hadn't seen it yet? No. Oh, I remember because you, you missed it. I missed it. Yeah, 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 I missed yeah, yeah. it last holiday season because, like I said, I was in the depths of my senior year last year. And so, and I am like, if it is any time past Christmas, I don't want to, I don't care if it's a horror movie. I'm not watching a Christmas oh, horror movie. Oh, before after December, don't even talk no, about No, like I'm not movies. interested. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I'm waiting until next year to watch Krampus. So I watched it and not knowing the relationships, I was expecting it to, I didn't realize the more fun tone of it. Yeah, uh, it's an ex- I mean. I was very confused when it is very dark. Yeah. But then when, and I was really confused. I'm like, all these comedy actors in the movie started out so dark. And then I get the gingerbread man. I'm like, oh, okay. Here's like the playful tone I was like mm-hmm. kind of expecting and then didn't know was happening. Well, because Krampus like was fucking scary. Yeah. Like that well, Michael scene. Michael Doherty did it. And he yes. did Trick or Treat. No, I know that. Yeah. Like our favorite. One of our favorites. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was real. I really liked it. Um, but you'd seen Gremlins before. Oh, yes. Oh, many, yeah. many, many times. Love that movie. Yeah. That was a, that was a gateway horror yeah. for me, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Perennial Christmas classic. Yeah. So, great double feature. Those two pair very well together. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And then I watched um, All Through the House <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Uh, horror slasher. I, uh, uh, apparently people liked it in the horror world. I did not care for it. I think it went, went a lot of ways, a, a lot of directions. Uh, if you love horror slashers, watch it. I mean, you know, if that's your cup of tea, uh, didn't, I won't rewatch. I did not recommend it to Maybe Ryan. Well, if this show goes for like 15 years. When we run out of slashers, we have to go all the way back. In 15 years, we're not going to run out of slashers. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, so this, because like Ryan said, I mean, I literally watch so many more things than this. And I'm not going to, this is not a podcast about what you watch. This is a podcast about uh, slashers. So if you are interested in what I watch, I do annoyingly uh, make little mentions and synopsises about what I felt on my Twitter um, so if you want to keep up with all the things I am watching that I'm not going to talk about on the show, you can follow me on my personal Twitter, which is at B not B. Um, so it's B E E not B E A. Um, there, I mean, as I watch things after I watch them, I always like tweet like this is what I felt or this was cool or look at this poster of this movie. That's cool or whatever. So if you want to keep up with all this shit I'm watching, which is a lot, uh, that's where you can. Yeah, he's good about that. Uh, I, he's not. No, I do, like, I'll be on Twitter, like, actively for three days, and then I drop off the face of the planet for a week. No, but, what he does is he's, like, I get, because I get the freaking notifications that drives me crazy. It'll be, like, an hour, and he'll tweet, like, 50 things. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not how Twitter works, Ryan. That's how I tweet. That's how he tweets. And I'm like, oh, my That's God. That's how I have to tweet now, because it's, like, I have to wait until the end of the day when I'm relaxing and everything's done. And I go, you know okay, you could what? schedule them. Oh, I'm not, that's so much, so much effort. Oh, Lord. No, uh, but you can follow me as well. It's at Ryan Larson. Uh, yes. Yeah, I always get mixed up because, again, I just, like I said, I have like four accounts for everything now. I don't know. We're going to talk about Blood Rage. So 
if you guys want to, you can pause this and go watch it. Like I said, it's on Amazon Prime, or if you want to shell out. I mean, Amazon was selling it. I bought one. It should be here soon, actually. Uh, the Arrow set for $18, which is pretty good. It was on sale. That's a really good deal. Yeah. For an Arrow? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's still at that price. It was 18 It's usually right around the 30 mark, I want to say. Um, sometimes it's up marked to like 40 in retail like locations. Uh, but if you want to pause, you can do that. Uh, if, if not, then we are going to move forward. It, okay. We're, we're going to do our like quick facts before we dive into the meat of this. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, we watched it with a group of friends, which I would highly recommend. Yeah. If you pause this to go watch it, please grab some people. <laughs> I, I, I like, so me and I both kind of like solo watched it today, like kind of like just um, at high speed because we were like making some notes and stuff and both of us came away from it we watched it separately and we came away from it and kind of connected and we're like i don't think i could watch this by myself which was we had come to that conclusion anyways when we watched it the first time but it was kind of a definitive statement of i don't think i could watch this by myself and it's because uh it's not the best uh yeah it's not the best so it's it's called blood rage it was released in 1987 although it was filmed in 1983 doesn't make a huge difference it's not like you can really tell i'm you know like so like especially now that we're so far removed from it like sometimes i watch movies now like when i went and saw the lazarus effect a couple years ago and i, I watched that movie and it stars like current stars like olivia wilde yeah. uh, duplass uh donald glover and i was like this is old like i could tell like watching been that movie, shelved, I was like, yeah all these characters seem way like even just like who they are way different um and like you can tell when something's shelved this doesn't matter like you can go um, it had the alternative title of Nightmare on Shadow Woods, which B likes more. I like Blood Rage because it's ridiculous and it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, he kind of goes on I think, a Blood Rage, but I think Nightmare on Shadow Woods like paints me a better picture. It sounds less like a B movie. I don't know. I think this movie could have been called like boner rage <laughs> basically he just kills people and he gets horny ish i don't know it's so bizarre mm. uh it's directed by john grismer who did false face and he <laughs> so b makes these notes for us she I, i'll tell you guys right now she's the workhorse like i i was talking to someone about this the other day i'm like i don't, I don't know i just show up and talk like <laughs> I, I show up and b has all the notes um but she makes these like notes with bullet points, and I and I did know he made False Face, and he has another movie called Scalpel, Scalpel, uh, which is getting Scalpel, like, Scalpel. I don't know. Um, I didn't want to say it wrong. I didn't want like some because I'm that person that would be like, actually, it's Scalpel. There's an L in there. But uh, one of the writers at Gasly Grinning is like really excited that it's getting as Severin or Vinegar Syndrome, one of those guys is putting it out on blue. Uh, but <laughs> this note he has, IMDb states. He's currently an author, wrote Civil War book, Ghosts of Antitam. <laughs> Just love that note right there. Just fun fact. Yeah, fun fact about John Grismer, in case you were wondering what he's been doing since 1987, or 83, I guess, when he made this. Um, written by Bruce Rubin, who has also done nothing. Also, why is he credited under that weird name? Richard Lambden? I don't know. Uh, he wrote a movie called Zapped, which was a comedy from 82. And one episode of Disney's Recess. I was really excited about that fact. Twenty five years later. Yeah, like such a huge gap, and it's like other. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. other things, but I saw Recess. I'm, like, oh, I'm writing that down. Do you think like someone at Disney was like, 
you know what I like? <laughs> no, because that. nobody had seen that movie. That's the only true, reason yeah. anybody has seen this movie is because of Arrow. Well, and because it has cult status. Because it has cult but status. It had that, like, yeah, that's super recent. Yeah, yeah, so true. I don't think in 1997 somebody's like, oh, you know. You know that movie Blood Rage? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, unless there's some, like, real grindhouse horror nerd right at Disney and he's like, I'm going to slip on by these guys. Um, I hope that's the story. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Maybe one, that's why I loved Recess so much as a kid. Yeah, it was just a bunch of horror nerds. Yeah. I mean, I love Recess. I definitely went to the theaters, like, opening weekend to see the movie. I didn't see the movie in theaters. I was too old. I think I got into Recess after it had been airing for a while. Uh, the music is... Oh. It's so good. It's really good because well, and that's a, okay. That's part of the reason. It's like, the best well, part of the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there are some campy parts that I truly. I actually enjoy one of the kills a lot, but two of the kills. But like the best part of eighty slashers, even like some of the worst eighty slashers, and I don't think this is like qualified as a worst, but like even sometimes in like just the worst eighties soundtracks were so like synth and like. Oh, I just, there's something I love. They're all so, you can tell, like, Carpenter-inspired, and, like, they're soundtracks of the era. So, Richard Einhorn did this, uh, who also did Don't Go in the House, Eyes of a Stranger, The Prowler, Dead of Winter, and Shockwaves, which uh, is one of my favorite podcasts that we listen to, and it's, of course, I had to go watch the movie when I started listening to that podcast. It's about Nazi zombies on an island in, like, the Caribbean. It is so weird. But the soundtrack is very similar. It's, like, got this, like, synth-heavy soundtrack. I did really, really like the soundtrack. Yeah. And it fits the movie very well, too. Like, it, it the beats hit the same beats as no, what's going on. it is really good. And, like, speaking of Stranger Things, like, we watched it with two other friends, and then we actually had two friends who were too far away to watch it with us who watched it and then were texting me. Oh, yes. And uh, it was my friend Lauren, who's, like, been watching a lot of these with me. She she texts me, like, she's like, this isn't giving anything away because I don't know where you guys are in the movie. But the Duffer brothers knew what they were doing. Yeah. And then, you know, she's talking about the creator of Stranger Things, who's like, you just look at these, like, they did their research. And, like, even this movie like this. And obviously, you know. Richard went on to do a lot of other movies. And like Ryan was saying, this is like a style for 80s movies. They just had these synths. So it's so cool to watch something like Stranger Things that is art. Like it's for us. It's made currently. But then you go back and watch this movie from the time they're trying to recreate. And it fits perfectly. I mean, that's Survive. The the guys who do the music. But, you know, it's so good. There's um, there's a podcast called Pure Cinema Podcast that is done by L.R. Kane and Brian Sauer where they break down movies uh, to the just smartest, most well-versed uh, film lovers that you can find. But they did an episode that was all soundtracks. They just were talking about scores. And Elric said something that really resonated with me. He's like, sometimes I listen to a soundtrack more than I watch a movie. Like, this would be one of those times. Like, I could oh, totally yeah. find myself listening to the soundtrack just doesn't and exist. enjoying it. Yeah, you can't find it. I'm sure... I, waxwork or death waltz or someone's gonna put it out eventually because that's just the age we live in yeah but uh it's very very good if uh, it does exist on youtube I did so yeah i looked it YouTube. up on youtube yeah. and they like play like clips of it and you you get some of the the movie sounds in with it and then it's so funny because like three comments down it's like why didn't arrow release the soundtrack with the blue and i'm like oh it's true i'd totally buy this yeah like, and like it'd be a super cool vinyl though yeah for sure 
Uh, the tagline is, not all the evil is on Elm Street. That's the official tagline. That's how they marketed it when it came out in theaters. Uh, interesting. It's not supernatural at all. Uh, it's, it, it is a true, like, true blue slasher. And uh, it, it's, what, what did we say? It's like, what, five years after the original? So, Elm years? Street, 84. The second one, 85. Dream Warriors, 87. So, I mean, exactly. it's like nightmare mania is happening. When this I'm movie if comes that's out, why Nightmare on Shadow Woods was an alternative title too. Probably, uh, and it is funny too because the whole pl- the whole film takes place in this. It's it's a complex kind of. It's a it's a residential community. Yeah, it's like when you find a gated community. Basically, it's pretty much like that. Yeah, and so it doesn't give you any kind of Elm Street vibes, even like neighborhood wise. It's it's no. very it's like a an apartment complex, but they're not apartments; they're like condos. Yep. Uh, it's actually very similar to where Ryan lives. Yeah. Uh, we were like noting that we're like, wow, this reminds us of like. Where yeah. Ryan lives, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it does look a lot like it, like with the tennis courts and yeah. the, the community pool and everything. Oh, Although man. they have an inside pool and an outside pool. Is there an is, outside pool? Yeah, because they're having sex on the diving board. That's that's at the inside pool. No, it's on the it's in the outside pool. I just watched that scene. Oh. They're different pools. There's Are one they? outside and one inside. Wow, fancy. I think they, they might have filmed this at a YMCA or something. Or like a sports... Well, and I know one of the pool scenes was like added later, so... It is that yeah. one, that outside, yeah, that which is so. weird. Uh, yeah, so that's the tagline. Um, when so. they market it on DVD, it switches, and they definitely take one of the iconic lines from the film, which is, it's not cranberry sauce. Right, and that's totally what it's known for now. Like, you'll see it quoted a lot, actually, probably, if you're in, involved in the horror community at all. So if you have, like, if you have horror friends or fans that are on Twitter or Tumblr or Instagram or whatever around Thanksgiving, I can pretty it's not much cranberry sauce. Yeah, it's going to pop up. Um, I do want, before we head in the stars, because we didn't include it on here, but I know we want to talk about it, it has two covers. Uh, there's the original cover, which has literally... Oh, it's on here? Mm-hmm. It's just farther down. Oh, it's at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> it has two covers. The first cover has nothing to do with the movie. So it's not even the weapon he uses. Uh, yeah, there was this all. like weird trend that happened and I don't know if it's just because they were these movies were coming out and they were just trying to get it um get it to look like a slasher. They were just like, I swear to you. And I will try and do my research and like come to the bottom of this because it's actually a phenomenon that I'm very curious about as a designer. But there seemed to be this trend, especially in 80 slashers where there is like a character like in agony or which is this cover it's like a woman with like short brown hair like screaming, curly brown yeah. hair screaming in the reflection of in the reflection of a serrated knife that woman is not the, that character does not exist in this movie and he doesn't use that knife ever he never uses no he never uses a he knife uses three different weapons and a knife is not one of them so you look at that cover and you're like all right and then you watch the movie and you're like where is that and it's funny when I was, like, re-looking at the poster for Summer Party Massacre. The main girl who lays at the bottom is not in the movie. That character doesn't exist. They do have characters who are in the movie on the poster, at least. But, like, the drawn character in the front does not exist. It's just an artist drawing. And they it's like they bought the art. I don't know. Like I said, mark my words. I am going to, like, look into this. Because it's super curious to me. Why would you market a film without your character or your weapon? 
comic books notoriously do that too and it's always weird like if you look there's always like there's a lot of comic books that like will have characters and you're like they're not in the comic at all like who is this person or like it's an iconic character like um the x-men were notorious for it in the 80s actually too like in the late 70s and 80s it's like there's like nine characters on the cover and then it's like a story about cyclops and jean gray it's like there's none of these other characters they don't but it was to get people to buy the book because they're like oh all the X-Men, I love the X-Men. They were like, oh, I want to read a story about Cyclops and Jean Grey. So maybe it's a similar thing. So yeah, similar thing. And like most movie posters, many movie posters, and the trend was for them to be illustrated and they to be like photorealistic drawings of people, but, you know, in a softer, illustrated way. So maybe that was their way. That's what I'm thinking of like marketing it and drawing people in the same way people do now with like movies where... Like Drew Barrymore on the cover of the screen on Scream. Mm. I mean, spoil I alert: Drew's in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, but she at the time and still is the biggest star. She was the bankable star. She was the yeah. bankable star, but she's front and center on that poster. And so it's like, and I mean, that was part of the draw of that film is like, oh, we're gonna surprise you and kill our big lead in the beginning. But they do that a lot. I know, like Jesse Eisenberg like actually sued this company or I don't know if he sued them don't quote me on that but there was like some drama over the fact that literally his entire face is like on the cover of this dvd and I remember seeing it like in the video store and it's like when he was like big zombie land and all that stuff he was like a big star at the time and I think that movie had been shelved for like 12 years and he's in the movie for like, do you remember this? I think I know. Who yeah. And yeah. he's like only in the movie for like a couple minutes and they used his image to sell the film. Yeah. And I do think there was some like legal drama about it. So like maybe that's what it has to do. It was like back then that was their way of like selling films or like, oh, this is a really great image and it looks like something people will want to buy or rent. Yeah. Maybe. And then, I mean, that that was the original. And then now, when Arrow re-put out the blue, they did a similar style illustration where you have an illustration, but it's of Terry now. Um, right, and I that's why I like Arrow and, like, Mondo, because I miss illustrated covers. I understand, like, why we've moved away from them. But I mm-hmm. think they're, like, I, I think they're cool. It's a cool aesthetic. And, like, I, I, I like reversible, like, covers um, when companies do that, so you can kind of choose because... I like being able to pick between, like, the photorealistic or, like, obviously, like, the actual photos and, like, an illustrated cover. I don't love the illustrated cover for this one either, but at least, like, it's a character from the movie. He's popping out of a drive-in movie theater um, screen, which is relevant to the movie. He has the weapon he uses in his hand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's kind of just an ugly dude. Sorry, Mark, if if you ever listen to the show. Um, maybe you're better looking now. Maybe it's just how yeah, you did your Yeah, he's makeup. aged well. I don't think he's, like super bad looking i don't i definitely don't think they make him look great in the film but yeah it's also part his hair is really bad in the movie. yeah so i think that's part of it but yeah i mean the Man, i think it's not that, down with the hair. i think the arrow design is much much better uh it has a lot of um i mean like there's like nine or ten people it only has like ten people it's not like a widely cast movie None of these people went on to do anything, pretty much. Um, uh, except for the mom is like a, was a big star at the time and has a pretty big name for herself. Yeah, so it's Louise Lasser. Um, she plays Maddie Simmons, the mom. And uh, I didn't know any of it. Be obviously looking. Oh, Re- Requiem for a Dream. I do remember seeing that she was in that. Um, but she was in, She was married to Woody Allen for three years. 
She was in a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which was a satire of a soap opera that was very popular for two years. Um, like huge. Like this is past. This was in the um, in the eighties. Or maybe the 70s. I didn't write down the dates. But in this time, like, when she was uh, filming this movie. So probably 83 is when this movie was filmed. So late 70s, early 80s. I'm telling you, like, it's probably Ryan and I's age. Um, we're both in our late 20s. No, I had no idea who she was. Nope. I recognized her as Jeffrey's mom from Mystery Men. Uh, and then I looked her up and I was like, oh my God, like Mary Hart, Mary Hartman was huge. And she was like super well known. Like she was like an icon, comedic icon, like dramatic, like very well respected. And, uh, she really gives it her all in yeah, this film. She is something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she is not doing much anymore. I mean, she has like a lot of films, but the, the big ones that I, I usually just pull the ones that I think people are really going to recognize. Um, Requiem from a Dream, Freaking Hooker, Mystery Men. Um, yeah, she's uh, definitely the biggest name in this movie, especially yes. at the time. Right. Like, that was a big, a big name to get. Which is another, I wonder if like that shelved and releasing like that stuff i like find interesting is like did they release it after she got big maybe it was shelved and then she got big and they were like oh we should use this now or the opposite it didn't go out because oh because she was big because she she was big and she wanted to she didn't like her yeah yeah which i know she doesn't um ryan and i have ryan ordered it neither of us have watched the special features on the blu-ray um, so take that if we say th- if you've seen them and we say things or make comments we're like we don't get this and it's like well if you would have watched the Blu-ray like true um, we will watch those features at some point um, I know that she does make there is an interview with her on the the Arrow Blue where she mentions that she believes she uh, overacted and that she treated the role as a dramatic role and literally gave it her all. And you you notice that when yeah. you when you watch this movie and uh, she definitely is totally off. It doesn't make any sense. No, yeah, you look so at her bizarre. and the whole time we're just like looking at each other like, what the fuck is she doing? And like that's all like so many things. Like there's a scene where she just sits like, <laughs> openly in, in front, front of the, of the fridge, fridge and and just like eating like Thanksgiving underwear. leftovers. Yeah, yeah. so bizarre. Uh, Mark Sopper is the star who stars as Sopper Sopper. I don't know. As Todd and Terry Simmons, he didn't do much either. He was in Knott's Landing uh, for two years, The World According to Garp, which is a pretty successful, like, widely acclaimed movie. Um, but he's the main star. Ed French is in it, who isn't a big actor, but he's gone on to do a lot of makeup effects. He's for... actually Oscar-winning makeup artist. And still doing it. Did American Sniper just a couple years ago. Did Terminator 2, which is probably the greatest action movie of all time. I is saw this that. Westworld the show or yeah the okay. show. Oh, cool! That's yeah. really recent. Uh, and he did all the special effects in this movie, right? Um, and then also played Bill. None of these characters' names are important. I don't know any of them. They're written down here. I, I have know them Terry written down. Todd, and other than that, like I didn't know the mom's name until I looked at this because it really doesn't matter. These people are body count people. Like there's no development. There is no story. I mean, there's a story, but it is like. It's uh, the story is the elevator pitch for this movie, and then that was the story for this movie. Yeah, you meet characters and you instantly forget 
their names and the characters who are they literally are. introduced to be murdered. There's uh-huh. um, Dr. Berman's assistant shows up for two minutes before he dies. Yeah. They, they, they are literally thrown on the screen to serve as, like, a body count and to be naked. Um, yeah, so the names really do not matter. The uh, big one, the only other one we can point out is Ted Raimi. This is, mm-hmm, he's true. the condom salesman for, like, a minute. And another thing, like, I saw this and I know it's on the blue, but I, like, watch it on YouTube where he, like, had written a letter to his dad. He was, like, here, and he's, like, I can't get any jobs. And, like, he, like, this pre-email um, had written to a letter to his dad and said, you're right, like, I'm coming back home. Like, the acting thing's not working. And then he booked this role as a con- – doesn't even get a name. He's condom salesman. He's a condom salesman in the very beginning. Which is uh, – I don't think that's ever been a profession. Uh, uh, if it was, it definitely doesn't exist anymore. But uh, interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ted Raimi, of course, brothers with the very famous Sam Raimi, um, and now he is a like mildly successful. He's a super successful like background act, not background, but like he always has like ancillary roles. Like yeah. if you saw him, you'd recognize him for sure. Uh, has no sequels. There's. It doesn't set up for a sequel. There's no way it could have a sequel. No. Uh, yes. Yeah, so... We'll find that out when we talk about the plot. Yeah, and the reception is very poor. Twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 10 fresh, 41 rotten. Uh, but it has very much received a cult following. Again, like I was saying, if you're fans, like if you have friends in the horror community, like if you, if you like fall in and out of this world at all, you will see stuff about this movie now. Um, I'd never, ever heard about this movie until like I started getting into the horror world online. Mm-hmm, yep. Like... And maybe then Shockwaves I heard about it. The first time. Yeah, probably Shockwaves. Or maybe uh, Brennan Klein uh, is he used to write for Blumhouse. Um, he's a friend of mine, and he's super into slashers. And I know he for sure like mentioned it to me one time when I was asking him for like more obscure slasher movies. And I think he actually even brought it up on the episode of, of Shockwaves that he was on. Um, and it's it, like you'll see it on a lot of lists now of like holiday slashers yeah because not a lot fall into the thanksgiving category and this one none does yeah i mean it takes place on thanksgiving does that's it there's no like thanksgiving theme kills the cranberry sauce line though why isn't this a thanksgiving themed movie why aren't the kills really oh man but the cranberry i mean i do enjoy the cranberry sauce i almost wonder like did they throw that in because they're like oh well it is oh and then like i said the the girlfriend of terry says Oh, oh you're being such a turkey. You're a real turkey, Terry. No, but did, was that a thing in the 80s? Did people call people turkeys? If not, they put this in there because they're like, hmm, how do we get more Thanksgiving stuff in here? Let's call him a turkey. Yeah, there's, uh, like, we literally see, like, a two-minute scene of of all of the characters that we're going to meet, except for the doctor who shows up later. Uh, no box office. I mean, it record. went there, yeah, but we don't know. Couldn't find anything on it. Body count is nine. Which is the same as Urban Legend. Correct. Uh, and I think it even has the same thing where we see eight kills and one's off screen. Because I, th- I think Urban Legend is the same because Robert England's off screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so not super high body. I mean, I guess what's super high for a slasher? It's gotta be, it can't be much higher than nine. There's never, like, more than that many characters. I think really the only ones that are, like, insanely high are, like, the Friday films. But even then, there's like eight to ten counselors. We'll find out when we we, <laughs> when we look into the them. Uh, the synopsis is: I'll just read what 
This is from, uh, like, another thing with these movies that aren't necessarily, like, I watched, Urban Legend was a breeze to do research on because it's, like, a more modern movie and, like, super ton of information about it. Uh, Most likely to die, I just had to literally, like, dig and dig and dig to find out all the information. Blood Rage, because of Arrow, there's more information. But this synopsis, like, disclaimer is from Anonymous on IMDb. Cool. (laughs) Twins Todd and Terry seem like sweet boys, that is, until one of them takes an axe to the face of a fellow patron at the local drive-in. Todd is blamed for the bloody crime and institutionalized, whilst twin brother Terry goes free. Ten years later, and as the family gathers around the table for a Thanksgiving meal, the news comes in that Todd has escaped. But has the real killer, in fact, been in their midst all along? One thing's for sure, there will be blood and rage. That's uh, 100% accurate. That, mm-hmm. that is what... It's a great synopsis. Yeah. Good job, Anonymous. Yeah. The, the So this movie starts at a drive-in theater with... The, it's two twin boys in the back of a station wagon, and their mom is, like, literally about to, like, at least give this guy a hand out. While they're in the back, because she thinks they're, like, asleep. And they, like, wake up and they're like, let's get out of here. Mom's always having sex. Like, it's made very clear that their mom is... Promiscuous, yeah. Promiscuous, yeah. And one of the twins, which... This is the only time you'll know them apart, because the rest of the movie you'll just be going, I don't remember who is who. But uh, Terry takes an axe out of the backseat of the car. It was just in the back. Goes up to his car, where two people are... Having sex completely naked in the backseat of a car at the driving theater. 100% naked. Watching this, Ryan, like, I think we even had to pause the movie because he's like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, car sex, sure, whatever. But they are completely, but, I mean, they are. There's not an ounce of clothing on them. There's a scene where the girl runs away and she is... 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah, it's her yeah. butt. So, yeah. like, not only did they manage to get completely naked having car sex, but they do it at a drive-in. Like, if you're going to have sex at a drive-in, which probably happens a lot. Oh, I'm sure it does, yeah. Um, you know, you probably keep most of your clothes on. Or at least a blanket. Like, True. Not, not even a blanket. Like, anyone not tinted windows. This is pre-tinted windows. The window's open. Yeah. The no, window, I'm the sorry. The window is rolled down. That's like, right. Because the guy looks up, because Terry shows up, like, walks over, and he's just watching. He's just, like, watching. And the guy looks up, and he's like, get out of here, weirdo. No. What he says, he get out of here, you crip. Oh, you, yeah. You're you, crip. You Such you a crip. crip. And, and the girl's like, yeah, get out of here. And he just... This is probably, it's probably my second favorite kill in the movie. It's so good. He just hits the guy right in the eye with the axe. Like, right in the eye. And he hits him a couple times in the face. Really good effects. Yeah, no, Like, this, like, like, instantly sold me around, like, this is actually going to be good. Yeah, it's very bloody. Like, the gash marks stay. Like, they're very, like, solid, defined gash marks. And it's, like I said, like, it's very bloody. And I'm a fan of, like, I think there's a fine line. There's something when you can tell it's like satirizing gory. And then there's like gore where I'm like, yeah, this is like just the right amount. And this to me, I was like, yeah, this is what I want from like an 80s slasher movie. It's like this type of gore. And then um, the kid very smartly, because he's a sociopath, bloodies his twin's hands. Or no, wipes blood on his face because his twin goes into shock. Because he just watched his brother kill somebody. Yeah. And, and also, this is when we first realize Terry doesn't like seeing people make love or even get, like, to first base. Like, he's very weird about being, like, sexual at all. 
But he, yeah, so he slaps the kid in the face with the blood, puts the axe in his hand, and next thing you know, it's ten years later, and we're kind of shoved into this scenario. They're playing volleyball? No, no, no. no. It's, well, yeah. No, it's the voiceover. It's no, the no, water. no. The voiceover is after, I think. Okay, so they are playing volleyball, and we're introduced, like, Terry ten years later and his friends. So, but from the get-go, which I always, like, I think this is funny. Like, looking at all Oops. the descriptions for this movie, it acts like it's some sort of, like, mystery. It acts like it's, like, <laughs> it, or is he the killer? It's yes. It's like, no, no, we know two minutes into this movie that Terry murdered all these people. And framed his brother. Yeah, there's no question. There's, like... It's not like Urban Legend, where I'm sitting, like, or even Most Likely to Die, where it's like, it could be this character. It could be this character. Mm-mm. Or, like, it's not like that at all. Or it's... even, uh, what's the movie I'm thinking of? Uh, Alice Sweet Alice kind of does that, too, where it's like, oh, who killed who killed the little sister? It's, it's just... not that style of slasher. Mm-mm. It's a, here's the killer. Yeah, straight up. But, but what's weird is, like, the DVD art and the, like, the VHS box art, because I read all of, like, the descriptions on the back... And, and like even the um, the Wikipedia, it's like, but has the real killer been there all along? It's not a question. He absolutely has. We've seen it literally three minutes into the movie that the real killer stayed out of the mental institution. Like, it's weird. I yeah, I didn't really think about that, but they do even throughout the entire film. They keep trying to go like, but Terry because no Todd. Their well, names are too similar. Yeah, and Todd acts really weird the whole movie because he like watched he like basically had an episode because he watched his twin brother kill somebody he gets put into this like hospital which we see him at in this beginning scene as well and they kind of like paint this they try and paint this picture where it's like well that's terry and he's out here and he's doing grand and here's his girlfriend and they're playing volleyball and everything's great yeah and then terry's super yeah like super normal it almost like tries to like the director's like Oh, they won't remember. They yeah. won't remember that we just showed them that Terry straight up murdered Like 20 that seconds ago. That's good. That guy. Yeah. No. No, let's let's show him Todd who's like smushing a cake in his hands and acting like a real crazy person. Yeah. So he's He might be the killer, guys. It, 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 and like even once Todd breaks, I mean, because he does break out of a prison or a mental institute and he like goes back home and he acts like very weird. But it's just because he's like socially awkward. He's introverted. He's in shock. Like he's never like overcome this. But, like, that's never made totally clear. Like, it, it really is. It's almost like they filmed the first scene last. And they were, like, like the whole movie, it was like, oh, who, like, maybe we don't know who the killer actually is. Well, and another thing is that that whole scene where they're in the doctors and, like, mm-hmm. weird, like, there's that weird voiceover with the Which doctor. never happens again in the whole movie. Is the doctor's like, does this voiceover where she's like, I think, and she's telling us, like, I actually think it's Terry, but we don't want to tell him and upset him because maybe he'll start killing again. So then we have the doctor reinforcing the fact that she knows it's Terry and not Todd, Mm -hmm. but that Terry's been out with people and Todd. Then she tries to, then I think they try and throw you that way where, like, but maybe Todd's going to be a killer too because that's what he's I think been. They tried to do. That's like maybe they'll both yeah, be killers. Maybe they'll believe it. Like, who is there a good brother? Maybe they just try to switch it on you. Like, no, Terry's been out. He's normal. He's good now. Todd's been locked up. He's never been around people. Hmm. Um, he's going to get out. Now believe that he is the bad guy. And like, that's the, the whole film too. Like, the shot, even like the way they, sh- they frame the shots. And a lot of the time, the music when Todd's on screen is set up 
to make it seem like he could possibly kill as well. Yeah. That he's, he's like, like on the verge. Like, he's very altruistic the whole movie. Like there's literally a point where he like saves a little girl. Yeah. And he tells her to go home and lock, lock the door. Lock them, don't let anybody which is in. A point later, but like yeah, I mean so it's it's a weirdly like told like the way they tell the movie is very bizarre. Um and then, so we were introduced to Terry and his family, and we realized that Todd's still in the mental institution. And so, you know, Terry's, Terry and Todd's mom has another boyfriend now, and Terry has a girlfriend who, it's his girlfriend, but he doesn't, like, do anything with her because he's, like, weird. Like, he doesn't, you know, agree with sex, or we're never really told, but, like, anytime someone starts doing something sexual, it upset, it sends him into a blood rage. That's why the movie is called Blood Rage. Um, but there's this Thanksgiving dinner scene, and they get a call that Todd has escaped the mental institution. And so all of Terry's friends leave because they're like, oh, we probably shouldn't. Like, we sh- oh, I guess it's just the girls are there because the guys show up later in a car. But so the girls leave, and then, you know, Terry's mom's all upset in her room, and he goes to look at her, and, like, her boyfriend's, like, feeling her thigh. Oh, her fiancé. Or her fiancé. Yeah, yeah, they announce at dinner yeah, that Mark. they're... Um, is feeling her thigh, and he's like, everything's gonna be okay, and then Terry gets, like, super mad, and then the doctor just shows up at their house, and she's like, I'm here to find your kid, because I think you ran away home, and my favorite line of dialogue occurs right here. This is, and I don't even have to research it, I don't have to look, I will never forget this quote. She's talking, and the doctor is, uh, she's like, maybe you should go down to the police station, and he's like, yeah, I should, and, uh, and then Terry's mom is like, He's like, okay, he turns to Terry's mom and he's like, okay, I'm going to go now, but I won't be long. And she looks right at him and she goes, okay, don't be long. And he goes, okay, I won't. <laughs> I don't understand what happened. Like, did they get the dailies and they watch it and they're like, fuck it, whatever, we're keeping it. Like, no one looked at that and realized how Don't be long. I won't be long. Yeah, and that's the whole movie. It's yeah. like really redundant, like, repetitive dialogue. And like weird dialogue, there's definitely a point where like Terry's girlfriend says, I want to make... What'd she say? I want you to make love to me, which I just... I, Nobody says that. It could be a decade thing. Like, hey, people that were like teenagers in the 80s, did you ask people to make love to you? I, I don't know. Um, I don't need to dive into the plot of this movie this much. There's... It, There's really... We can't, we can't really dive into the plot because it's not... A, the plot doesn't matter. This is the biggest plot point, and it really paints like who... And we'll talk about when we go into the, you know... The greatest part about this movie is the deaths. That's like the plot. That's what that's why this movie exists. The only thing that they really try and paint a picture of is the fact that it's these two brothers and the fact that the mom is like so riddled with guilt about what her son being locked up like really paints her and that is really what, you know, this actress is like trying to like portray is like this woman who's just on the verge of just a breakdown because of what's happening with her children and the fact that she should be upset that her son got out but then she's like kind of happy about it because she doesn't want him to be in there but then she's nervous for her safety of her other son and then really which is the whole driving point of why terry kills is this like oedipus complex that he has yeah where he's in love with his mother and any kind of sexual thing that happens with any characters literally is what he goes from being a completely normal oh hey guys to like i need to go find a machete and like chop you up yep like stab you like 
it sends him literally into a rage anytime anything sexual happens. And it seems like everything was going cool. And then his mom announced that she gets engaged. And then he's like, alrighty, here we go. I can't even control myself. I mean, there's a scene in the film. It's not Terry, though. Right? Where? Where Todd and the mom kiss. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's blatantly obvious that there is some serious sexual stuff going on. And that is what drives Terry's fury and blood rage to kill. Right. That's the plot. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing that they're trying to drive home to you. That It's almost like someone saw what slasher movies were and they're like people have sex and then they die and they're like so let's just make it so that this dude hates when people have sex and so he kills, he kills them. them because so i mean like all the kills that do have he does i mean there are people that he kills it, like peripherally like the doctor who shows up but almost everyone he dies or who who is killed it's you know the fiance who obviously is sleeping with his mother which he doesn't like he saw and he's only killed after he sees him be physical with his mother uh, like physically intimate with her and then there's literally two characters having naked ass sex on a diving board at a community pool which drives me nuts on thanksgiving on thanksgiving <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird and like the, so he kills them when they're both naked and then there's um a character that's introduced um that's like uh one of the characters is babysitting and it's the mother of the baby and her date and they're both killed after like she puts on her lingerie and she's trying to sleep with the guy so like it's very sex driven it's a very like sex fueled movie it all's uh, kind of weird though because that character like the date um of that woman who has the baby which sorry guys we can't say characters names like it's useless yeah it's not gonna happen yeah. so the guy who's like on the date with the woman who has the baby they come back and like there's alcohol and he's like a super prude Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't actually want... I, it's oh, like, she oh, he's, wants to have sex. She wants he to have sex with him, like, and he's like, oh, no. Like, I don't know about this. And like, ooh, alcohol. I don't know about this. I'm like, you are a grown-ass man. Like, what is up? It's... It's, it's like, kind of strange. And tonally, like, very different for that character. You would think that meant he survives. Right. Yeah. No. It's, no. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. But it's definitely, like, sex-driven, for sure. And there's so much naked... Like, so much nudity in this. And it's, I'm, this is, like, full frontal 80s nudity. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it, it's it's got all of the 80s, like, classic slasher tropes. Like, you know. If you watch a slasher for blood and boobs and that's it, I mean, this is a movie for you. Yeah. Like. And you grab, like, 10 of your friends and watch it, it's, it'll be great. Um, his key weapon is machete. He does use barbecue uh, like a barbecue fork uh mm-hmm. what, what are they called i don't know uh, like yeah barbecue fork it's the one that's got two prongs he uses that once two pronged fork yeah and he somebody he tell says, us what that's called <laughs> we do a lot of research <laughs> and he uses the machete at the beginning of the movie or i mean the hatchet at the beginning of the yeah movie. but other than that's the, the machete for every one of his kills um so yeah he kills mark in the office with the machete he cuts off his hand that's my favorite kill yeah. yeah. Other than the first one. The first two kills are the best. There's, yeah. yeah. Starts off super strong where mm-hmm. you're just like, all right. Yeah, this is great. These are super cool. Cuts off like his hand rolls. And then it's, of course, like his, like, like just such classic, like holding a beer can. Yes. And like the hand is like still like kind of twitching. Because he cuts the hand clean yeah. off. 
Yeah. And then it starts squirting yeah. blood. And it shows a hand on the ground and it's holding the beer and it crushes the beer because mm-hmm. it's still twitching. So, like, it's like you said, it starts off really strong with the kills. And I think that was, like, one, I've seen, like, one version of a poster where it's literally, like, the severed hand holding a beer, like, on a Thanksgiving table. Which doesn't, their Thanksgiving dinner table does not look like, it just looks like they're having dinner. There's nothing yeah. about it. They carve well, a turkey. Like minutes, yeah. yeah, but there's nothing about it that really screams. They literally invited, like, some random girl they met in the very beginning to I dinner. Mean, that's the girl who tries to sleep with him. Yeah. That's so it's like, girlfriend. no, it's, so it's really it's strange. She lives in the complex. That's what She it just is. moves yeah. in, yeah. Um, he kills, so that he kills the doctor's assistant with, just shoves a machete right through his stomach. Um, that it's kind of boring. The next one, I, is, uh, it doesn't show it graphically. We don't really see it. Um, he kills Dr. Berman while she's in the woods. And we don't really realize until Todd finds her later. But he has also cut her in half. Yeah. Like her torso... (laughs) Is, is like, like yards su- away, like super separate from the rest of her body. <laughs> yeah, and like Todd finds her, like kind of like pieces her back. Like, oh no! Um, and this is like another part that's just like so funny because it's like a true com- moment of compassion for Todd. Like he's obviously very upset about his doctor. About right. his doctor, like he knows this person. And I mean, I'm sorry, I don't even care if I don't know the person. If I see somebody's fucking torso like yards away from the rest of their body, I'm gonna be a little upset. He's yeah. like picky, picks up her torso. Yeah, and he moves it over. Moves it over. Like, maybe if we could just push her back together, she'll be okay. Todd's been away a long time. He doesn't understand how anatomy works. Yeah. He never learned. Uh, then we get to the babysitter's date, or the lady who was being babysat for. Um, her date, and so this is another kill that takes place off screen, which makes me think that maybe like they just couldn't fit it in their budget, or they didn't have like the tools to them, because they show... He hangs the date's head up with an extension cord. This also drove me nuts. So she comes out and she's in, like, lingerie. Which, lingerie in the 80s was a bummer. Sorry anyone who had to deal with that crap. Her thong is, like, riding up past her belly button. That was the hot stuff. It was also really ill-fitting. Yeah, it was like, it really was like baggy. Loose. It was, like, yeah, it looked baggy. Um, she comes out and she's all, like, sexy. And she's like, where are you? And then there's a knock at the door. So she goes over and she looks through the keyhole. Or the pe- the what's The it? keyhole? People? Is, is it? I think it's called people. That sounds really and like I creepy. Hole. I don't know. She looks uh, hold on, hold on. It's a people. No, shh. Stop saying people. It's a peep. Something. Larson. No, it's a. No, now I can only hear you saying people. <laughs> it's a people. It's a peeper. Ew! Stop. <laughs> I don't know. It's called people. I looked it up. No, really? Yeah, a small hole that maybe you look through a line in the door, which visitors may be identified. Also called a keyhole, a knot hole, a squint, a slit, a crack, a cleft, a gap, an opening. Anyways, so she looks through the peephole and she's like, what are you doing out there, silly? And she opens the door and his, like, his mouth is completely ajar. Like, his eyes are rolled up in his head. He's He has no body. It's just he's bleeding. From his neck, obviously, that his his head has been disconnected from his body. I can't. It's hanging out from an extension. Like how? <laughs> what did you see exactly when you looked outside? I don't get it. Oh, honey, what you doing like, there? I know, I know those things can be blurry sometimes, and you're like, oh, like 
people look weird through them, but it's more like a what's what's that called? Like a fish, fish eye. Fish eye. Yeah, it's more like a fish eye. It doesn't just completely <laughs> like <laughs> ignore blood and like paint faces. Every time I look through a people of someone looks like that, I'd be fucking mortified. I, like like people just make you look like you've been murdered. Like oh, your eyes are rolled up in your head and your mouth is. And there's this piece of uh, extension cord wrapped around your head. Weird. Yeah. Um, so that happens. I mean, it looks cool. It's not realistic that she opens the door when she sees that. Oh, yeah. No, it's not at all. But it obviously is there, like, literally for Ed French to just, like, I swear they're probably just, like, just do something really cool. And maybe that's why we don't see some of the kills. Because the execution of where they wanted. That's what I was thinking. Like, like, they have, like, this final moment. Like, oh, yeah, the body's going to be, like, severed. But maybe they didn't know like, oh, how to show, show that. Yeah. No, that's what I'm thinking. It's yeah. like, how, how do we, like, get the shot of him cutting a head right off without it looking ridiculous? Yeah. Um, and then, he so he kills her off screen because he does kill her next. The great part, though, is, like, she runs to get her coat to put on while her baby is screaming. She's like, it's not no, off baby, screen. I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah, he kills her off screen. Later. Or is no, he re-stabbing her? Yeah, okay. she's already dead. That makes dead. more sense. But, like, it's yeah. great because he helps put her coat on. Like, yeah. she she goes to the closet and he's like, oh, here she's you She's ignoring her crying child. Well, she is yelling, I'm coming. Like, she just goes to get a It's cold outside. She's wearing lingerie. No, uh, I'm sorry. I grab my crying infant when I see somebody murdered before I grab a coat. Well. If somebody is going to run out of a car... Bears. Butt naked yeah. in the middle of a drive-in because she sees somebody. That person I'm, survives. That's true. She should have probably just grabbed her baby and ran out in lingerie. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, no, I don't allow her excuse for her putting on a coat. Screw you, Mom. Um, then the next two kills are the ones they're they're butt-ass naked on the diving board at a community pool. And he, this is where, like, it gets a little boring. He literally just slashes their throat. Um... He slashes both their throats, which you see, but then, like, one of them just dies in the pool, and you get that, like, pretty classic shot of blood water, and then uh, you hear him, like, do the final stab to the girl, uh, but you don't see it. But, they're yeah, they both die. Um, and then the last kill that you see uh, from, like, the official killer is the barbecue fork to the throat, and that that's... Uh, that's after it's made very clear that Terry is the killer, and he's, like, tricking all of his friends to make them think that Todd is the killer, because Todd has showed mm-hmm. up at this point now, and he kills them, and he delivers the classic line again. It's the so, second time. The first time he does it is after the first, the after yeah. he kills the doctor. He comes no, back. No, not the doctor. Sorry, Mark. The, yeah, yeah. The boyfriend. The so fiance. the very first kill, the fiance, he comes back into the house, because, like, the mom finds the bloody shirt, and yeah. but it's not a mystery, no. It's like we know who it is, so it's like kind of pointless. But he comes in, he's looking in the mirror, and he's in like his striped polo shirt, splattered blood all over it. And, he, and then he goes, he licks, he licks yeah. the blood, which yeah. we, I mean, I wish there was a scene at the dinner table where he spills cranberry sauce on him, and then he kills somebody, spills blood, um, blood splatters, and he goes, hmm, that is not cranberry sauce. Or like if he spilled that cranberry sauce on himself earlier. That's what I said. Like, oh, yeah. he spilled yeah. cranberry oh, yeah. sauce yeah. on him earlier, yeah. and then the blood happened. And then he's like, well, that's not cranberry sauce. Yeah, like, no, like, it's definitely not cranberry sauce. It's the blood of the guy you just killed and then splattered all over yourself. And then, so, they're they're out looking for Todd, who he has tricked his friends into thinking murdered all of his other friends. And they find his weapons that he has left um, on this weird bridge. 
And the the machete is of course uh, of course covered in blood. And he delivers the line again, but like very William Shatner esque. He's like, "That is not cranberry sauce." And then he stabs the dude in the throat. Uh, so yeah, that line you get that line twice in very different deliveries. Because like I said, I don't know who wrote this. Well, I do know who wrote this. Um, Bruce Rubin. But I, I don't understand why you wrote the way you did. Or Richard Lambden. Which... Yeah. Maybe he killed him. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he Which is why he's credited as that. Uh, and then the last two uh, shots, and if you don't want to be spoiled, don't, don't, you know, go watch now. If we haven't spoiled it for you already. Right. But the last two deaths are um, Terry's mother comes out of her shock that she's been in. But this is after, like, her eating food on the floor uh, in front of the refrigerator. Calling, like, Talking the on the phone, phone to a dial tone for, like, 40 minutes. Like, so much talking, like... She, I mean, like... Like, like you know, she's having a breakdown the oh, entire yeah. movie. And, like, knowing that she played this as dramatically as she did makes more sense now because when you watch it, you're like, I don't understand why she is acting this way. Like You're just like, this is, like, the worst actress ever. Yeah. Which is a conversation Ryan and I have had, like... I used to, I think, like a lot of people, like, want to be an actress. And I actually, like, was in a lot of theater productions. And, like, I was very seriously, like, pursuing um, acting. And I loved it. And then I, like, went into, like, film and directing. I just went a bunch of places before I found graphic design. And it's funny because it never really hit me. And probably because maybe I, like, left acting too early on. But I'd see people in roles and I'd be like wow, they're really bad. Like, that's so bad. And then I'd see them in something else and be like, oh, they're actually good in that. Mm-hmm. And then it, fi- like, took me way longer than it really should have to been like, oh, my God, like, why weren't you ever thinking about the industry side of it? And, like, they were being directed for that role and that performance. Maybe they're not seeing, like, every scene of the movie and they're not hearing the score and they're not seeing how the shots are set up. And all of that plays into the audience reads a film Mm -hmm. and so if you're like as an actor playing a realm like this is very serious you are a woman who is so distressed over your children you are riddled with guilt you're having a breakdown and you play that like stone cold serious Mm -hmm. and then you're in this like really campy horror movie with like a synthy 80s soundtrack and they dress you like weird like 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 a kid yeah they put you in like ponytails but with like, like your, your your boobs, boobs pop out yeah, a lot. With, yeah, like yeah. she like they try and paint her as like a Lolita, like as a little kid with yeah. pigtails, but provocative. Mm-hmm. But then she's a grown ass woman. It is a very Not strange. Not even grown ass, like in her like she's middle aged. Like, yeah, grown yeah, ass. It's, it's very very like like knowing that she approached it differently definitely makes me understand it more. Still not good. It's, no, still not good. It's. And, and, yeah, so by the end of the movie, and you find out that she is, she doesn't care that Terry is murdering people, because she kills Terry, she shoots him, but she thought it was Todd. Mm-hmm. And once she finds out it, because then she's laying in Todd's arms, and she's, like, crying and saying, everything's going to be better, and then she's saying, like, it's going to be better, Terry, it's going to be, and he's like, I'm not Terry, I'm Todd, and then she kill, she kills herself. 
Uh, and then that's pretty much the last scene. She kills herself, and the one, the final girl, I guess, if, if there is one, you know, the final girl. It's the girlfriend. Uh, yeah, who is the girlfriend, takes the baby, the, <laughs> the random baby, and, and leaves. And that's literally how the movie ends. It's just, like, pretty much her running off after the mother kills herself. Yeah. Uh, my favorite kill is definitely uh, Mark, one of the only names I actually got, in the office with the machete. I, I just love the clean chop of the hand, the beer, and, the, and like, the beer crunching. Super uh, fun. The squirting blood. Even, even like, post-kill, because Terry sets him up like he's on the phone, pretty much. Uh, which is, the scene's pretty ridiculous because the mom shows up and his whole office is covered in blood. And she's his like, His hand there, and she's is like, on the ground. Yeah, his hand's on the ground. And she's like, Mark. She's in the office. Mark, answer me. Mark. And he's like set up like he's on the phone. And um, it's, it's a good looking shot. It doesn't make sense. but It's like I, one of those. And this is one of those movies. Like, And I pointed, I like critiqued it in Urban Legend because that is a great movie. And it's harder to find flaws in movies like that. And so I do point out like, oh yeah, she like steps over the blood. If we pointed out oh, no. all the goofs, like, that's not, you can't do that with this movie. Like, you can't look for the goofs, because trust me, there's, like, some random people in, like, the background of some shots, oh, yeah, and, definitely. like, a lot of goofs in this film. Yeah. So, like, um, we're just going to have to, like, she walks in, and we're like, there's fucking blood everywhere, lady. I just assume she's in shock. Yeah. So she's, like, not aware of her You just play into it with this movie. You're like, sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You ignore that bloody hand. That's great. That kill's great. Uh, I think I like the first kill better. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just more visually satisfying, and the effects are so good, and it just really sets you up. Like, if the movie kept, like, the energy and the pacing up until, like... I think the pacing's fine. The pacing is fine. It does, no, it is. It doesn't it ever never, slow down. Like, it literally doesn't go 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes without a kill. No. It's like, but it loses steam. It's, like, the energy of the kills is way down. And you just start, like, you really don't care. Like, there are moments where you have, like, the girlfriend character and, like, the guys, like, the friends, and they're, like, sitting around, and there's this, like... tries for, like, a second to set up some sort of... Yeah. They're, like, hanging out, and they're playing video games, and they play a prank on each other, but, like, it's not even like other movies where I'm watching a slasher, like Urban Legend, like Friday the 13th, even, where I'm, like, I hate that character, I want them to die. Or, like, oh, I loved that character. Why did they die? It's just, like... These or, are... I'm so glad they survived. Yeah, no. it's just... These are... I didn't care that the girlfriend lived. It's... No. She... I was not more emotionally invested in her than I was emotionally invested in anyone else in this movie. There uh, was no emotional investment. No. It was... In it, anybody. <laughs> like, but that first kill sets you up for, like, oh, if this... If that whole movie had... The first two kills, actually. the whole movie had continued at that pace, it would have been, like, this is... And it... it, it it can be fun. Like, I do think this movie can be fun. But, like, I could have watched this whole movie by myself and been like, that was a lot of fun. But I definitely don't think I could say that now. Because um, the next thing we like to discuss is position in the horror landscape. And, like, this movie is definitely going to... Because of how the horror industry is and the internet and everything, this movie will be a cult classic very fast. And it's going to stay that because of the thanks the very tiny thanksgiving relation it has yes if it didn't have that no. i don't think if it didn't have that if it didn't have the cranberry sauce line if it didn't have those first two kills i think that's really yeah like the, the great carriage... if it didn't have if the mm-hmm. effects weren't what they were yeah this movie because that's really what sells the slasher fans on this film where like we've seen a lot of people praise it and 
Um, I mean, I'm not going to praise it. I think it's definitely, it's one of those things that, and this is one of my favorite things about being a slasher and a horror fan in general. This is a fun movie to go back to after you've been like, I've seen every holiday slasher. And then it's like, oh, well, have you seen Blood Rage? And you're like, no. You go back and watch this and you're like, oh, that was fun. Like, it's one of those discovery movies. Like, it's not one of those movies that, like, this is, I doubt anyone's going to watch this and be like, man, I fucking love horror now. Like, this is going to be my gateway into horror. Nope. It, it might happen. You know, like, there's that saying, like, every band is someone's favorite band. I'm sure this might be someone's favorite movie, but I doubt it was the first horror movie they ever watched. So, like, that's kind of where I'm, so, like, my, for me, position in the horror landscape, cult classic, uh, holiday slasher, because of how the internet exists now, and also, like, nostalgia glasses, pretty much, people are going to look at it more kindly than they did maybe 10, 15 years ago, because it is more fun now to look back on something so far removed and go, oh, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I would never watch it alone. I do want to rewatch it with, like, a larger group of people. We watched it with four, and I had a lot of fun. I think with a group of, like, ten, it could be a blast. I think also, I'd like, Derek uh, and Gina are really great people to watch. Those are the two friends that mm-hmm. we watched, um, which um, Ryan and I have been, like, really close friends with Derek. Our, Ryan and I's entire friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, super, super close friend of ours. Um, his wife, Gina, another really good friend of ours, watch it with us. And those two particularly are two of our friends who literally find enjoyment out of everything. Yes. They're like, very, like, non-critical of things. They just enjoy, like, Derek will come over and, like, we just like, oh, yeah, let's watch a movie. I'm like, okay, and we'll just put on whatever. Like, they can find enjoyment in everything. And I've never met somebody who, like, picks out lines. And, like, there are two speaking of what I watched. And part of why I watch it is when I watch First Blood. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a couple oh, yeah. lines out of that that our friend Derek quotes. Oh yeah, Derek quotes the most random lines. Constantly. And he'll just pick like one or two. Like and really quote them into infinity. Yeah. And yeah. Ben's well, like Ben's like, I... Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Hear it, hear it. Yep. That's what and I'm like, oh my God. This is such a random scene that he So the really we picked good people to watch it with. I mean, Derek was laughing the whole time. Yeah. He was just crying. And I'm not one of those people like I don't, like, giggle. Ryan is good at it, too. I don't laugh at a lot of things. And, like, I don't laugh at things out of absurdity. I'm more of, like, an oh-my-God person when things are, like, so ridiculous. And there was a lot of moments when we were watching this. Laughing. He dies. Yeah. He, like, goes into, like, he, a catatonic he has state. He infectious laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah so <laughs> Find like, those people to mm-hmm. watch this with. I think because... it would be really fun in, like, a, like, almost, like, if they showed this at a theater and, like, everyone knew what they were yeah. going into, it would be really fun to watch. Super fun. Um... The environment of when, and I think it's, so this was, I don't know if we mentioned that, but obviously it's the first time that Ryan and I had both seen this. We had never seen it before. Uh, And we mentioned after we watched it, because I like looked out over and I'm like, well, that was a movie. Like, okay. I think it was extremely important that our impression was what it was with the watching environment that we had, because if we would have watched it by ourselves separately which we've watched most likely to die we watched separately uh i think it would have been harder for us to find the enjoyment that we did out of it yeah and and i think like you'll see that a lot online too like people will reflect that same sentiment um what we do if again if you're a new listener what we uh do every episode is also rank 
where these movies fall on our list. We've only done two so far, and those are uh, Most Likely to Die and Urban Legend. And as of right now, Urban Legend is number one, and Most Likely to Die is number two. I mean, we've only had two. So uh, now Blood Rage, we've got to decide where, where it goes. Um, and I, it's hard because I kind of want to put it at two. But, but it's also hard because there's like a stipulation of like, would I like this movie very much? And also, I've only watched it once. Because Most Likely to Die, I think that was the second time I'd seen it when we, when we watched it for the, for the podcast. I hated that movie going in. And you know that. Like, I was like, I don't like this movie. And I did find more to enjoy about it. I don't think I'll find more to enjoy about this movie. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever watch it. I don't think I'll ever watch it like solo and be like, oh, there's all these like little nuances or like, oh, there was this cool little That's thing not, they did. This isn't that movie. No. But I do like, it's hard to judge because I think I would never put on Most Likely to Die in like a group setting. Like it's something I'd be like, to me, it's more like a completionist like slasher fan movie. It's like, oh, it's pretty fun. Like if you like slashers, you'll enjoy it. This is something I would literally put on at Thanksgiving. Like, I could be eating Thanksgiving dinner and put, like, put this on, and I'd be okay with it. Like, with the group of people that we have over. Yeah. So, like, for me, that makes it more enjoyable, but it's it's hard, like... It is, and this is only going to get harder and harder the more films that we have. So I was thinking about it, too, and I think it's, like, true to Ryan and I, uh, the fact that Scream is our favorite film because Urban Legend and Most Likely Die are both post-Scream films, so we are naturally inclined to be uh, in favor of that subgenre of slasher. They're also teen slashers. And they're teen screams, which are our favorite favorites. Um, So, I mean, for that reason, like, this movie, like, doesn't even compare. Like, I really enjoy this type of movie, but you're right. Like, I will never watch this movie alone. I mean, I kind of watched it alone today and i was like god this this is rough um i would put it on in like a group environment and probably not as easily as you would maybe more in like a hey let's drink every time something something happens it'd be fun to make a drinking game too uh but it doesn't i think the separation of time really helps i think the fact that this movie is from the 80s and not from 2015 like if it's from 2015 we'd be like oh this is gonna be at the bottom for a long time right but like and like i even think of that too when i was thinking about it like in like 20 years if i had found most likely to die like if you know if i was our future like selves or like you know like think of slasher fans in 20 years and they're like oh, do you ever heard of this, like, most likely to die? They're probably going to watch it and be like, this is super generic. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, I want to put it at three. Ugh. I don't think it holds enough as its own film. I think it's too... There's so many slashers that are blood and boobs, and there's so many more that are going to be better than this. And this one is fun, For sure. Like, there's no... This one's way more fun than Most Likely to Die, which is fun. Right. This one's, like, genuine, like, oh, my God, this is, like, freaking insane. What the? What the? It's super wacky. Like, what are we watching? But that... I don't think that's what our list is. Our list is, like, what do we like the best? What do we, like, what are we saying is, like, our rank of horror films? I don't think this should go above something that... I don't know. 
Yeah, I, you know what? I'm comfortable rating it at three yeah. now. I think, like, you're right. Like, as this list grows, I I don't... I actually, like, as, like, thinking future-wise, like, as this list grows, I don't see this movie being at, like, the bottom. I see it, like, middling, mm-hmm. probably. For sure. And, and I think most likely that I will probably end up middling, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. It will. It's no way gonna stay it's up here. Stay number two. But when yeah. we're... When it comes down to, like, comparing so little where we are right now, like... And we're comparing two movies that neither of us think are masterpieces. Mm-hmm. When we're going, when we're looking at our ranking, we're ranking these films. I think most likely to die has more to offer. More we can list off of these has more substance, right? And like, which is well, important. And like looking at it as we are, what you know, like it's important that because it's dissect, we're dissecting slasher movies. So when I'm looking at as a slasher. I'd say most likely to die has more to offer it's as a, a traditional. Slasher. Like you know, you have you have the more creative kills. You have the more like interesting killer. Um, Terry so, sucks. Yeah, Terry's not interesting at all. I I mean, I, I I'll agree. I'll I'll say three for now. I'm ready for the backlash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, speaking of backlash, if you want to, so we're gonna rank this as number three, and we'll update that on the website. Again, that website is keepscreaming.com. Um, if you want to, you can also, of course, follow us online. We're at ScreamingCast on Twitter. And you can find B, uh, at B, not B. That's B-E-E, not B-E-A on Twitter as well. And you can follow me at Ryan Larson. You can also find, uh, I mean, both of our writing is at GhastlyGrinning.com, as well as a ton of other horror media, um, everything. And, you know, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we'll let you know. Probably B will end up tweeting about it once we get on Stitcher, uh, Google, uh, all that stuff, so that Android listeners have an easier way to find access to our podcast. And um, we already know what our next one's going to be, so I think it's safe to say we're going to watch uh, Terror Train, which Mm-mm. I've also never he's seen. He's lying to no, you. No, we're going to watch. Not, that's not it. That is. He's giving you a super sneak peek. Sorry. We're going to watch Black Xmas. No? What are we watching? Black Xmas is the remake. We decided we're not going to do a remake first. I thought we decided on Black Xmas. No, we I decided thought... on Black Christmas? Yeah, I thought we decided. Our big dilemma was we didn't know if we were going to do Black Christmas or if we were going to do Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh. I thought we decided on Black Xmas. No, we're I'm... deciding on air right now. Yeah, we're deciding right now. Ooh. Uh, let's do Silent De- Deadly Night because I want to keep with ones I've never seen. Okay, we're doing it. We've never never seen it. We've only seen the remake, both of us. I've seen the remake, which is not a slasher, I don't think, really. Yeah, it is. I mean, kind of. He definitely murders a bunch of people with a flamethrower in that movie. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I own it. It's a good movie. I really like it. Yeah, I like it. I'm excited to watch the original because I've heard nothing but great things. Um, So we do have, we're going to keep telling you guys because we start planning them out. We do know our next three movies, um, so we'll... Get you guys going so you can get excited about it. Watch them. Make sure you've watched it. So we are keeping... We're in the holidays. So we our one Christmas movie that's going to land because we're doing it every two weeks. We're going to watch, as we just told you, Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, which will be a first for both of us. So that should be fun. Um, Then we're going to watch Terror Train, which I've never seen either. Um, And then we'll kick it off in the new year, which I think we can hold that one a secret a little bit longer. Yes. Um... And again, uh, Ryan mentioned in the beginning, but I do design a poster for every film we talk about. Uh, two posters are up. So there's one for Urban Legend. There's one for Most Likely to Die. Uh, formats change on all of them. Um, and you'll already see that. Most Likely to Die is a character highlight. I highlight the killer in that film. 
Um, the Urban Legend poster is a reimagining of the actual poster for the movie. And this one, I can tell you because we're recording a little bit late. We saw the movie uh, almost two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, it is a uh, quote highlight, so it's a typographic poster. Um, so they all change in format depending on the movie, what inspires it. Um, of course, this one had to be a quote. I bet you can't guess which one. So those get posted on Twitter, on the website. You can check it out if you like them. Um, it's fun stuff. Yeah, and uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to everyone who's responded so far. It's been really cool to see feedback from people that I've never talked to ever yeah. before in my life, which is really awesome. Yeah, we're totally for it. Leave us feedback on Twitter. Our website has a place to leave feedback. If you have suggestions, we're figuring this out as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we try and keep a similar format for every episode. If you have suggestions, um, Ryan and I have been talking horror our entire friendship. We tend to get really excited and jump around a little. We yeah. try not to do that when we're doing this. If you guys have suggestions for the format to follow us along a little bit better, bear with us. We are working it out, but hope you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, and we will talk to you again in two weeks for Silent Night Devil. <laughs> Bye. Bye.